conversation with your girlfriend that was so good you wish it had been recorded? Think those conversations would be great to be able to share? Wondering if there's support or research for the recommendations your smart girlfriends give about mental, spiritual, and physical health? This podcast was born to answer those kinds of questions. Hello, I'm Sherry Coleman-Collins, Registered Dietitian Nutritionist, and here with me in the studio is my girlfriend, Dee Wilson. We're excited to have you join us for this edition of the Southern Fried Girlfriends Podcast. Dee, how are you today? I'm doing really good, Sherry. How are you? I'm great. I am so great. It's a beautiful day here, starting to warm up a little bit, and I am happy about that for sure. So Dee, today we're going to talk about something that I think is so important to good health. This topic falls under the umbrella of spiritual health, but I've found that this practice bleeds over into other areas of my well-being, including mental and even physical health. Today we're going to talk about worship. Oh, that's going to be so awesome. I mean, worship has been a huge part of my relationship with God, so I'm very excited to have this conversation. Yay. Well, to chat with us about this topic, we've invited Caroline Fidel, who is an incredibly gifted musician and singer, and who I think of as an expert in worship, to share about this topic. Caroline's a wife, a stay-at-home mom of two beautiful and crazy boys, and the worship leader for my church, City Church Marietta. She loves spending time with friends and family, traveling, design, binge-watching TV shows, and all things music. Caroline, welcome to the show. Thanks, y'all, for having me. I'm honored to be here. I can't help but laugh at some of the things you just read. (laughs) I'm definitely not an expert on worship by any means, but I love it, and I'm just grateful to, that y'all asked me to be a part of it today. Well, we loved, I love to watch you worship, so maybe that's what it oh, is. Thank is you. I think that you do a great job of sort of opening the door to worship so that yeah. other people can join you there, and I think that's awesome. Oh, thank you. So um, maybe to get us started, let's think big picture and, and sort of talk about the, the big question of how do you define worship? Yeah, um, the best definition, the simplest definition I've ever heard Um, of what worship is, is that simply it's just revelation and response. So as God reveals himself to us, we see more of who he is. Our response is worship. Um, Yeah. So would you say that then that worship is something that can be in response to everyday kinds of things or? Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's the common misconception about worship is that it's isolated to just a moment, an hour or in a, a church when building. When I'm in church, right. during worship, uh, the 30 minutes before yeah, we that's my worship. the word, let me put my <laughs> hands up and that's my worship. Right, that that's your worship, but yeah. that's not what it's limited to by any means, um, but that it's your entire life. It's your response to who God is. And we have the opportunity to do that at any point in our day, all throughout our day in many different forms, not just singing, which is obviously what a lot of us go to first as that's what worship is, but it's so much more than that. I agree. Yeah, I see it that way too. Like something as simple as, you know, for me working on a computer at work, mm-hmm. you know, I, God gave me the ability to, to understand how these machines mm-hmm. work. And I'm using this talent that he gave me in order to keep my teammates up and running. Mm-hmm. And that is my response to the gift that he's given me. And yeah. I, I feel that that is a worship. Absolutely. 
I love that, Dee. And, and she does that so beautifully. <laughs> Dee and I work together in a lot of different capacities. So I see her using her gifts mm-hmm. and using them so beautifully and humbly and kind and with this, just this kind spirit. And mm-hmm. I just love that about you. that sweet. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Sherry? Yeah, I mean, I think I definitely think that um, I love that definition. And, it, and I think that it definitely speaks to my experience of worship. And Um, that happens for me throughout the day when something happens and I recognize in that moment that that was from God or that that Mm -hmm. was a gift from God or a, or a moment with God or, or, um, the hand of God, even, you know, working in my life, working something out or showing me something I didn't know, allowing me to have a moment. And, you know, as a mother, I think this is where I see it most Mm -hmm. of all, probably in my life, because my son is four and that's a fun age, but it can be a challenging Mm -hmm. age. And then there are these moments where I think God is just so sweet to show me his love through that, um, through my son's love. And it's just really, and then all I can do is just respond, you know, with my heart open saying, thank you, God. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Momentary worship. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, you know, we've sort of answered this question, but I think even expanding more on, you know, can people be worshipful even if they're not attending church or or when they aren't even, maybe they're not plugged into a church because, you know, Mm -hmm. we're going to have, you know, we've listeners who some are probably going to church now and some of them maybe don't, or some of them may not even be be believers and they've Mm -hmm. got questions or, you know, I think for them, it's what is that? It may be quite foreign and they might think of it just as something that's only happening in church um, Mm -hmm. or, or connected to an official organized kind of church. What would you say to that, the, that person? Yeah, I I love that you asked that question because I think that we can tend to swing to one side of the pendulum in this area where I think a lot of people define worship as their time in church, like worship equals church. Mm -hmm. So it's that, like we already discussed, it's that one hour, it's that this is my worship and then the other, you know, six days or even other than that one hour on Sunday, that's not my worship, that has nothing to do with God. And so you know, worship is so much more than just our time in church. But at the same time, I think on the other end of the spectrum is people who think I don't need church mm-hmm. to worship God and and maybe diminish the value of the church when Jesus, you know, loved the church, gave himself up for the church. And so, you know, even as I was thinking about that, I was reminded um, of just scripture being so clear that it's both and that mm-hmm. it's we worship God all the time with our entire lives, our response to who he is. And even just in scripture of him um, showing us the importance of being a part of a church family. Um, I just wanted to reference one of them in Hebrews 10, um, verse 24 and 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And there's many other scripture references that I won't read, but that just, you know, describe the value and the importance of belonging to a church body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's absolutely 
essential for me. You know, I remember a time when my son was very young, you know, with a newborn, it can be really hard Mm -hmm. to get yourself back into the routine of Mm -hmm. going to church and being physically present. And we were really lucky at the time to be plugged into a church that had an online live service. So we were able to, you know, to do church in our pajamas, (laughs) Uh which was awesome. And I, and I loved it, but I missed that worshiping together, being yeah. together. I can study my Bible anytime on my own. And there are many wonderful um, ministers and teachers of the word who are online and we can listen to them anytime on demand, right? And fit it into our schedules. But I think that there is something so powerful about being together, you know, singing and worshiping and praising the Lord together. Mm-hmm. I think that, I think that that is definitely important. But I, and maybe it's just for me as an introvert. Um, <laughs> there, I feel closest to God when I am worshiping Him alone. Right. So you know, I taught dance at my church for quite a number of years, and I worked with a dance ministry there. And there's something about when I'm listening to a song for the first time and I'm starting to choreograph it and I'm in my basement and I can just get lost in worshiping him in a way that I can't necessarily when there are a lot of other people around, even, you know, when I'm at church and I I'm in the worship, there's just a different quality to it when I'm right. on my own. Yeah, that's, that's very true. I think that in the secret, in the, in the, there's something sacred to that yeah. when it's between you and God. And I think that's why it is both and yeah. of not relying on just one of just, well, I'll just have church at home, which is important. But I think it's more than just a moment um, in a building, but that it's having that accountability, having that, those relationships Absolutely. while also having that time with just you and God that's yes. so special, like you were describing is huge, very important. I agree completely. And I think that leads us into what something Dee and I were talking about um, earlier, and that is about sort of different ways that we worship and um, different kinds of worship and dance being one of those ways to worship. And I love that so much. And I told her the story and she mentioned about choreographing um, dance for her church. And I had, when I first became a believer, I was attending a church that was very conservative and, you know, people were quiet and sort of sat a lot of the time and maybe they'd stand, but they didn't really do much beyond that. And then um, had the opportunity to go to another country and saw worship in a completely different way where Mm -hmm. people were dancing and it was loud and it was their whole body and everyone (laughs) was engaged. And I, and I loved that so much because I felt like it exemplified sort of a freedom in worship that I thought was so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I see that, I think, in a lot of areas of, um, you know, I've used this example before because I've heard people give it, um, of just that sometimes we can, and I do this too, of isolate um, how our response is, maybe the visible response of our worship with our body language and things like that of saying, well, that's not, you know, me. And I think sometimes it's not someone's personality, but I think that when you're, and that's okay. But like, I think if you're demonstrative in other areas of your life, then why wouldn't it be? That's where I, I like to challenge myself and challenge other people is if last night 
your whole body was going crazy when your team scored the touchdown, right? And that's a that's a game. <laughs> that's just literally they're crossing a line with a ball, right? Um, but then when you're singing about you know your savior and how he's rescued you from darkness and he's changed your whole life and your hands are in your pockets, I think we can tend to maybe make excuses for ourselves when more we need to look on the inside and go, what's going on inside my heart? Because this is so much important. This is eternity. Mm. This is my whole, this has changed my life. And I think, you know, there is beauty in being free in that. And I think that sometimes, sadly, when we, we have to go somewhere else, even up to the other side of the world to see that mm. example and go, wow, okay. Yeah. I'm challenged by that. Yeah. And encouraged by that. Yeah. And for me it was both of those things. I think it was it was challenging and it was also really encouraging. Mm-hmm. And the biggest encouragement of it I think for me was thinking about, you know, what worship will look like in the future. You know, for eternity yeah. when we get to heaven, what will worship look like? And it will be, I think such a different experience because it'll include all of those things, right? And I think, you know, what you were talking about with being an introvert, I I definitely think there's some piece of this that's that's personality driven, Mm -hmm. you know, and God knows that. He made us. He made us. (laughs) Yeah. He, so he knows what, you know, what works for us and what's going to be appropriate for our heart. And he's going to draw us to that. And I think that there's also this part of it that's like letting go of the fear of what other people are going to think around you in your church. And, you know, if you want to put your hands up, if you want to say amen, if you want to. Being you authentic. Know, exactly. Not looking funny. Not like conjuring something up to fake it. Right. But also not holding back because you're worried. I think that's just, again, it's your heart. It's being authentic yeah. to how God's created you and what you're feeling in that moment and not holding back, but also not doing something just for show. Right. Absolutely. You know, when you say being authentic to what God, how God created you, I want to kind of ask you, how did you come to worship? How did you come to become a worship leader of your church? Yeah. um, The music side of my life has always been a part of my life. Like I really believe that, I just was born loving to sing. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents said I was doing that from, you know, a baby toddler. And I always just loved to make up songs and sing and perform. Um, and then, you know, later on um, in early high school, I wanted to start to kind of write and be able to songwrite and be able to lead worship and things like that. And I knew that adding an instrument would help accompany that, mm-hmm. be able to write songs better and, and lead at things like FCA at school and and talent shows and things like that. So I remember just wanting to learn guitar for, almost for that purpose. But then I think God saw the big picture and wanted to expand my view of, okay, I'm taking something that you enjoy or that you I've gifted you in, but I'm going to completely change your perspective on it and help you to see it of leveraging your gifts for what matters most. Mm -hmm. So instead of it being for yourself or for your own enjoyment, which I still enjoy it, but helping me to start to see through high school and way more so through college, okay, leading worship isn't karaoke. You know, it's not just, hey, sing this song the best way you possibly can and hope that people just sing it too. It was like, I think first I had to fall in love with Jesus. And that was, I think, really began in high school. And then it was... God showing me, okay, when you worship me, whether it's alone or in front of people, 
do it with your whole heart. Let your motives be for my glory. And then I think he shifted it to that. But then I think it took another step in call, maybe towards the end of college and right in the beginning of my adult life where he was like, it's more than even just your motive. Now it's a worship leader. Again, it's not just singing the song and you enjoying the feast, but it's getting other people to sit down at the table with you to Mm. enjoy the feast. Like Mm. invite them in. If you sing the song and you're worshiping me, but no one else joins you, well, that's just you worshiping, which is great. But like, I've, that's not the role of a worship leader. Just like, Mm -hmm. that's not the role of a teacher of a pastor. It's getting people, shepherding them to come join you and to sit at the table and enjoy what God has for them as well. So I think I'm continuing to grow and learn over time and through much wiser people, much more experienced people of what that role is for me. And that's really where I step outside of my comfort zone the most, because for me, it's not always hard to sing. That comes easily to me and singing something that could be hard for others. Sometimes it's It's, I enjoy that challenge, but when I have to think, okay, let me be aware of what's happening in this moment. What are people thinking and feeling? Do I need to say something? Do I need to keep quiet? Those are, that pushes me to be a better worship leader because that's not what comes naturally. And I don't always want to say something or, (laughs) or, you know, I just want to sing the song, but God's like, no, I have, you need, I need, like, I have something for you to say. Yes. I want you to say something here. I want you to change veer from the plan that you had. And Mm. that's when it's hard is when it's like, oh, okay. I want to have, you know, to help guide people, to guide your church into what you have for them. So use me in that and stepping out in that I think is where I am right now is learning how to do that better and how to be, I guess, sensing what God's doing Mm -hmm. in the room and that present time and trying to be sensitive to it Mm -hmm. and obey it, which Mm -hmm. is hard. That answers your question. I hope the obeying part hard because there's and a fear associated with what you're being led to do. Sometimes it's like, it's easier if let's say I'm, I'm singing a song. It's easier to just sing it the way I practiced it and to just sing. Mm. But sometimes I'm sensing in the moment. Okay. I, in the middle of a song, I want you to help, help describe what we're singing, go into scripture and say, this is what the song's about. Or, um, encouraging people to, to step out, um, of their comfort zone in that moment. And I would rather in, I guess in, in the fear part of me of just, just, let's just keep going. Just ignore that thought. Just finish the song the way that you practice it. That's way easier. There won't be a mess up. There won't be any, you know, weird transition, but I feel like in those moments, God's putting on my heart. No, no, no. Like, Listen to how I'm guiding you. Don't worry about it being perfect. Just yeah. try to serve these people and fulfill your role and let me guide you in this moment. Mm-hmm. But I think it's easy to just steamroll ahead. It. Just steamroll <laughs> ahead. Keep finish the song. Right. You know, be done. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not, I think... I think it's more important to gauge the temperature of the room. I've heard that that was one a breakthrough moment for me last year was that you can either be a thermometer. Let me get this right. A thermometer or a thermostat. And so mm. a pastor's role or a worship leader's role or any person who's in a leadership role in a church, you can either be a thermometer and you can gauge what's going on in the room. You can read the temperature or you can be a thermostat and go, okay, this is what's going on, but 
I'm going to help adjust it. And not that you can do something that God can only do. He's the only one who can really do it, but he's using us. So like step out, you know, step out in faith and, and be cognizant of what's happening in the room instead of just, Oh, you know, it's not going the way I wanted. That's their thing. But no, he's using, he's using you to like, to change. (laughs) If you don't like what's going on, you know, step out, let him use you to change it and to help grow people. Cause that's, I think a pastor's heart mm-hmm. is to want to mm-hmm. not leave people where they are, but help take them on a journey. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to grow in that too and not just be a singer, but really take people on a journey with me as mm-hmm. we're growing in our love for, for Jesus. That's mm-hmm. awesome that you're being intentional about that. Trying to. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's showing. I think you're doing a great job. Thanks. You're doing a great <laughs> job. You, I mean, I started with the fact that I felt like you did a great job bringing people into worship. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that I think that that is um is so essential in a church, but I also think that that's essential in a in a home, you know, mm-hmm. in our homes and even, you know, as believers out in the world, you know, in our workplaces and um there are opportunities to enter into worship all yeah. day long and then also I think to take people with us mm-hmm. into that place. And I think that's a really that's an incredibly humbling gift and opportunity, but also I think, um, requires that intentional approach. Yeah. So I love that idea of the thermostat and the, mm-hmm. and the thermometer. I'm going to keep that, that, that's going to stick for, with me for your kids, you know, yeah. like of going instead of, uh, they don't get it or, mm-hmm. you know, I don't mm-hmm. like where they're at. God changed them. You know, well, no, he's yeah. given he's like, you, hey, this is your responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> given, you yes. know, you and Chad are the parents right. and he's using you to help shepherd that little heart right it's easier just to go "Eh." yeah he'll get it yeah but but yeah that intentionality of helping to direct and guide and shepherd is absolutely it's a way of worship for sure and I think also other people that are in our lives right who who maybe aren't there yet you know kind of helping to guide them along the way and and even and people we who are with us you know who are on the same journey who do know Jesus helping them get to that place when they're having a hard time Right. Yeah. All opportunities, I think, to worship with other people and also worship alone. So, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful stuff. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. I think, sure. you know, one other question that I have is, um, and maybe this might be the, the last one we're going to have time for, is thinking about um, what ways worship maybe benefits our mm-hmm. life and our health in other ways beyond thinking about um the obvious, right? Our connections with God. That's what worship I think is about really at the core. Um, as you mentioned, as you described beautifully in the very beginning, but I think for me, there are definitely other benefits outside Mm -hmm. of that. Can you do, do you want to speak to that a little bit and tell maybe a little bit about how you feel like it impacts your life and your health positively? Yeah. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is your mental health. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's for sure. I mean, I know for me, it's, I have struggle with anxiety and after my first, um, my first son, I had just a deep, deep, dark (laughs) period of time where I had, where I struggled with, um, postpartum depression and it was tough, but, Mm. you know, I think back of even moments of, there was just a lot of struggle and even just a lot of crying. And Mm -hmm. I remember distinctly even a, a memory of being in the shower and it was like this, you know, I'm alone. I'm, (laughs) I get a break for a second and just weeping because I'm hurting, but, Mm. and, and God bringing songs to my mind. And obviously this is just one way worship Mm -hmm. through singing, but 
powerful to sing those words of truth. And there were different songs. I'm just singing them in the shower over my own Mm. life. And it was like those songs truly came to life in those moments. It wasn't just a song I'm singing anymore, but it was like, I remember one of them was the Lord, our God. And it was the Lord, our God is ever faithful, never changing through the ages from this darkness. You will lead us. And forever we will say you're the Lord, our God. And I'm just singing it and I'm weeping. And I feel like reminding yourself. Yes. Reminding myself of what my heart and my soul needed in that time. And I feel like it was worship that carried me through out of a place of, unhealth yeah (laughs) Um, mentally and emotionally and it wasn't just this magic pill but it was the thing that carried me through just reminding myself that renewing my mind to truth and who God is and he's for me he's with me he's on my side he's gonna deliver me through um so I that was one of the first things came to my mind was mental health I love that um I think even physically, I mean, I've seen growth in my own life this past year physically, and I think it's it wasn't through just willpower of I'm going to I'm going to eat healthier, I'm going to do these changes, but it was starting with renewing my perspective, knowing who I am in Christ, focusing on him. And it was like a lot of the things in my life on the outside followed. Like I think some of my physical health stuff followed Absolutely. where my mind was. Yeah. And I feel like when you're when you're doing what God has created you to do, which is worship, we all worship, but when you're doing it where you're worshiping God and not other things, I think that's fulfilling your purpose. That's that's your DNA. That's what you were created to do. Mm-hmm. And I think you're fulfilled. So you're physical health, your mental health, your emotional health is going to naturally follow the fact that you're doing your very purpose, Mm -hmm. what you were meant Mm -hmm. to do, you know? Yeah. And I know Dee has something to say about that. Yeah. I was just thinking about (laughs) the conversation that we had where I said that when I am dancing with God, that's when I feel closest to his purpose for me. Yeah. And that's when I feel closest, most most whole in who I am. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so, and that just reminded me of that when you were talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree completely. I think that for me, you know, worship is definitely a part of my mental health. My, my you know, my, my, my brain can get so clogged up with um, the world and all of the things in the world, right? Whether it's things in my immediate sphere or things that are far outside of that. And the world is a really scary place. It can be a really dangerous place. There are a lot of really bad things happening in the world. And thankful to, you know, cable television, we can see all of that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, all of that can be in our eyes and in our ears and on our mind really fast and really easy, right? We carry it around in our pocket all the time, right? We can see the suffering of the world and the suffering of the people around us. And and it can be overwhelming, I think. And, you know, the way that God has wired me, that's part of how I have a, you know, sort of a sensitive heart that's, you know, understands that and is empathetic and it's a gift and I love it, but it's mm-hmm. also, it can be really hard because I have to be able to survive in the world, right? I mean, in spite of the bad things that are happening, I have to be able to function and do the rest of the things that God's called me to do in my daily life. And for me, part of worship is getting my brain and my my heart and my mind back to what matters most. And that right. is that, you know, the the God of the universe is still in control. 
in spite of the fact that there are terrible things happening, he is a good God and the world is still in good hands. You know, Mm -hmm. there's nothing that is happening that is outside of his control. And that, so for me, worship gets my heart back to that place. And Mm -hmm. whether that pain is personal or it's someone near me or it's far away, that those moments of worship throughout the day help me just recenter my mind and my heart on him so that I can almost like kind of getting still in him it is like it is yeah yeah it's just saying God I I, you know I love you I, I I trust you I worship you I praise you you are good even though this is bad whatever it is you know and so yeah for me worship is all like that's my mental health that's like you know the Holy Spirit is my therapist And in a very good way. (laughs) He's a good one. (laughs) Well, I think that that is about all the time we have. And um, I will say that, you know, that I'd love to be able to share some resources for people who have questions about. Like if this is foreign to you and you're like, I, I think that sounds cool, but I don't know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Um, I'd love to be able to give them some place to start yeah. maybe with thinking about how to understand worship. Do you have any suggestions, Caroline? Yeah, I mean, I love a lot of books that I've read in the past that have they've been life changing for me and helping me to understand um, what worship is and my purpose in that. Um, some of my favorites um, include The Air I Breathe by Louis Giglio. Um, that's just your whole life is worship. Um, that's really the idea of it. And then if it's really you're wanting to know more from a worship leader perspective um, with you know more of the music side of it, Extravagant Worship um, by Darlene Sheck with Hillsong. She's mm. a longtime worship leader there and has just years and years of experience, um, in leading worship for the church. And then the last one is here I am to worship by Tim Hughes, which, who's one of my husband's favorite worship leaders from the UK. And he, he has a lot of practical tips in it as well, but, um, also just reminding us of the heart behind worship. So those are some of my favorite books that I would recommend. I love that. Mm-hmm. Those are great. Those are great. The Air I Breathe. The Air I Breathe. What a beautiful title. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> it's a great book. And I would say, too, that, you know, that, that, that there are a lot of places. It's so funny because, you know, we think about church and we think about the Bible, and certainly there's a lot of scripture, and we'll share some of that on the um, accompanying post um, for this podcast episode. Um, I think the other thing, too, is just, you know, surrounding your your time and your days with a little bit of music. You know, mm-hmm. I think that that to me is there's something about music that God created it for us. Yeah. He, you know, he gave it to us and he he expects us to give it back to him a bit. So mm-hmm. to me, that's that's the other resource I would suggest, oh, yeah. you know, put it in worship music on podcast on uh, Pandora or one of the other streaming services. And you can get all you can get so much inspiration that way. Yeah. Well, I just want to say, Caroline, thank you so much for joining yeah. us and thank for being you. with us today. This has been awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thank y'all for having me. It's been a it's fun, fun conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think really encouraging. And that's what we wanted. So yeah. we appreciate your time. Yeah. yeah. I'm honored. Thank you. And thank you, Dee, for just being awesome as always. <laughs> I'm so grateful to you. And, um, you know, we have one question we end the, the uh, podcast with every time. And that is, what are you going to do today to improve your health or help your health and be healthier? For me, I am getting outside today. We have been like locked in all week (laughs) and I 
haven't had the opportunity to be outside for an extended period of time and it's supposed to be a little warm today so I am gonna go outside I might try to find a swing too oh yeah I was thinking about that this morning swing in a long time I love that what about you Caroline goodness um I may have to copy that that's a beautiful day um I think just even spending time with my kids playing with them um we're going to a a gym later like for a little uh birthday party so just playing with them jumping around with them just enjoying my family yeah I love that I love Mm -hmm. that well for me it's going to be all about cooking (laughs) shocking but that is definitely my on my list for the day we're having some friends over tomorrow and I'm going to do some fun prep today and for me getting prepped in advance helps me feel more calm and um and that leads to me being healthier for the rest of the weekend and the week so I be your tester (laughs) absolutely anytime anytime (laughs) so thank you again for listening to the southern fried girlfriends podcast we're so happy that you tuned in today um please keep up with us online and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Bye. Stop. Oh. Golly day, why am I? <laughs>